This, these movies are not made for children. There's no way. Like, uh, I mean, Son of the Mask. <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? Who saw the Son of the Mask? I saw the Son of the Mask. In theater? Hell no. <laughs> but I don't even know. Is that is that like a Jim Carrey's The Mask? Is it like a sequel to that? Is that what we're talking about? Or is this like a Phantom of the it, Opera? It, it is a so-called sequel, but Jim Carrey has nothing to do with it. So yeah, the, I guess we re- like I'm surprised they even made yeah. the theaters. I gotta be honest. I, 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 I feel like it was straight to, to straight to home video. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a straight to video um, uh, a video release. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 terrible. Um, I, I was only introduced to it with the nostalgia critic video on it, and God Almighty, it 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 tweaked my curiosity because I like seeing you know, terrible movies. So I watched it, and it was it was fucking terrible. <laughs> Sounds like it's awful. I mean, just the just the title of it makes it sound like it's terrible. What is it like a ten year old or something like that? He's got like the mask and he's trying to do Jim Jim Carrey impressions. It's a toddler and his dog. <laughs> Shut the f- no, it's not, buddy, buddy, buddy. It's a toddler. Okay, where can you stream Son of the Mask? Who's, who's the wait, wait, wait? Who's the protagonist? Is it the top? Well, the so, so 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 it's also the dad, but all three of them were, don the mask at various points. I'm gonna I'm gonna post this in uh, FCP okay, chat. Okay, you can watch it. I'm, not the you movie, just like Prime. the cover of it. You guys, you can stream it on Prime Video, some place so, called uh, Voodoo. Or Apple TV. So if you look on the movie cover that I just linked in FCP live chat, you'll see a guy to the right, just in black. Uh, that is the Norse god Loki. <laughs> uh, because it turns out that uh, the mask is actually a relic from, like, like Odin and like Loki. So it's like a trickster mask. It's it's a terrible, terrible film. Who's the dad? I can't. Even uh, see. The dad is the guy on the left. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think that answers. Oh, I don't his know. Question. I don't know who plays. <laughs> I see. I figured that yeah. was the dad. The dad looks like he's like 15 years old. Yeah, he looks very young. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna find a YouTube video. I'll send it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> no, no, God, that sounds like a horrible fucking movie. I don't know. I can't believe you introduced this into. Our hold lives. on, hold on. I gotta send you a very, very funny video here. Just it, it's it's so 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 bad. I'm gonna post it in a the same place I posted the other thing. I reckon. Oh my God. <laughs> Hello, uh, Mr. Nanny. Hi, I, I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> to figure out. We're talking about what's uh, going on. The classic film, about, yeah. Son of the Mask. I'm aware. I haven't seen this movie because <laughs> I would have. I don't even think I need to finish that. Sentence, but. <laughs> I would advise against very strongly. How? What is the distance time-wise between the mask and Son of the Mask? Oh. <laughs> Not not in not in the maskiverse, but in our our time. I can find out real quick. <laughs> it's got to be at least fifteen. The mask years, is nineteen ninety-four. Okay. So the mask is two thousand eleven years. That's 
and in in mask time that uh, it's like it's a lifetime. It was like three generations after Jim Carrey. It's been eighty-seven years. <laughs> and after you finish watching that movie, you feel like you've lived it. How how did how did how did Son of the Mask arise as a topic? To uh, Brave Little oh, Toast. We were, Okay. Yeah, we were shooting the shit about horrible children's movies. Brave Little mm. Toaster, Secret of Nim, and then the third one was Son of the Mask. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. It sounds silly when you say it like that. <laughs> I hope you're ready, because once this train is moving, you can't stop it. Unless you hit pause, or... Your listening device crashes. You're about to start listening to the Fool Court Press podcast. That's F O O L, Fool. We don't mess up your name, so say ours right. A terrible name, and I'm glad they're dead. Sandoria McConnell, Ruth Laney, or something? Fool's Court Press. Jamarcus Russell Wilson. You are going to hear the hard hitting, well researched basketball analysis. Kawhi Leonard has a size 14 shoe, so. Uh, and something else I can't remember is from four strangers with no chemistry. I am the host, Lufa, who prides himself on precise NBA opinion. Yeah, it's just <laughs> big shire. It's the land of Luke Canards. Well, you know how like the Florida Panthers are like in Sunrise, Florida? It's like not like a real place. I am joined by NBA draft specialist and Tuchel apologist, Baldy. All of Florida is just made up. As well as Sandoria. Yeah, a real dick that guy is. Whose consistent fire takes. So like Luca, I think he's a real piece of shit. Luca's the owner of the Suns. I think he'd be a better owner. Will scorch every part of your franchise. Trade <laughs> this motherfucker. Sarver's a real piece of shit. What a stupid name. Well, we gotta like a bear. We're likers. Still a better name than the Thunder. A real dick that guy is. I hate you. Finally, we have our Australian basketball enthusiast, Duke. Brooklyn Nets have three players who were born in Australia. So pay attention. This may be free, but it's important. What does it mean? Jesus fucking Christ, just shoot me. Everything will be fine. Hey, everybody, thank you uh, once again for tuning in to the Fool Court Press podcast. Uh, it's the only podcast made by fools for fools. Uh, we're joined here today uh, by Duke, Sandy, and a uh, special guest from the Shutdown Fullcast, uh, Ryan Nanny. Uh, everyone say hi. Hello. Hello. It it never <laughs> dawned on me how long that intro is. It dawned on me I sound like a yeah. terrible I, person. I, I, I like it. Uh, well, you are a terrible person, but uh, I like it because you get to flip through your emails, uh, check your messages, yeah. check the uh, check the various scores that are happening on, in, throughout the yeah. NBA. Do some so. laundry, file my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so Ryan, uh, as you heard in our intro, we we uh, we did uh, discuss a little bit about New York, and we do have uh, some puzzling questions, and we we're hoping as a as a member of the the New York diaspora, now that you're uh, uh, living in Tennessee, if you're able to tell us, why do they call them boroughs? Why aren't they, like, what, what's up with neighborhoods? Like, what, why is New York the only place that has boroughs? Hmm. I don't it's, have, like, an actual answer for this, but I'm happy to just make up one. Okay, um, yeah, that's fine. That's what yeah, we're, This that's question what makes me want to burrow my hand as a sad. <laughs> I think... I, I suspect it's because it sounds fancier, and New Yorkers always need to make like crumminess sound as fancy as possible. So pretentious. So it's like, 
Yes, yes. So it's like, oh, which uh, in which borough do you reside? <laughs> is a lot fancier than like, do you live in Queens? <laughs> well, I gotta be honest. Does it sound that fancy? Because when I hear borough, I think mm-hmm. of like you know gophers and hobbits. Like, I mean, you're living in a cave, basically. Is what? Yeah, I, but is the imagery that's painted to me is Luke be a little bit next? British with it. <laughs> If you can be a little bit British with it, it will be a little fancier. Okay, be a little um, bit British with it. And though. it's also just like, I think it's one of those things where New York just has to be different. So yeah, you could just call it like a neighborhood or a district or whatever. Like, And, and even obviously within the boroughs themselves, there are different neighborhoods and areas and things like that. But yeah, just sort of like how how difficult can we be? The other the other reason which I will say is probably helpful is it's useful for rhymes in hip hop. Like burrow is a really good rhyming word that you can yeah. pair with other things. Yeah, hood is overplayed. Yes. Yeah. Hood doesn't uh, rhyme with that. Much. I'm on the spot and I can't think of a <laughs> single good. thing that rhymes with burrow. No, that's a word. You can churro. Ooh, There's one. There you go. <laughs> Within seconds, he proved yeah. me wrong. You know, Within you know the thing own. rappers like to talk about. There you go. <laughs> All right, today I learned. So, uh, uh, so uh, Ryan, uh, just uh, so uh, just so you're aware, I know that uh, on the shutdown phone class, you're you're used to being just surrounded by uh, people from Georgia, uh, living in Georgia and in, yes. in the Atlanta area. So that's why we brought Sandy around for you. He is our he is our uh, Georgian uh, Georgia re- representative. Uh, so that you can, f- so if you feel like you need any kind of liaison to sure. it, with us or anything like that, he's the Thank one that you, you want to Sa- go to for that. S- Sandy, um, how many of Georgia's 570 counties have you lived in in your life? Uh, like three. <laughs> okay. All right, so you got a long way to go. No. No, Sandy, you uh, you talk about the Gators uh, uh, frequently. Uh, are you a are you a Florida alum? No. No, you're not. Okay, you just you just know a lot about Gator basketball. I'm just. I'm, I mean, I'm a Gator fan. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> when I was growing up, I wanted to go the opposite way. That's why I like the Raiders <laughs> and not the Falcons, and that's why I like the Suns and not the Hawks. Although I feel bad for everyone who likes yeah. the Hawks. If I'm being honest with you. I mean, Here is it go. much better than liking the Suns? Oh yes. Um. So yeah, uh, so uh, for listeners of the podcast, you'll know the first segment we like to do is uh, we like to talk about the topics of the day, or the topics Dejounte, as we like to call it, after uh, Dejounte Murray. Um, so the ones that uh, the ones that I wanted to talk about uh, that really uh, kick off the uh, kick off the proceedings is uh, the rest um, and load management. Easy Sandy uh, conversation has uh, come up again uh, amongst the uh, amongst the league, uh, particularly with. The Golden State Warriors resting all their players on the back end of back to backs on the road. Um, Trey Young is uh, is on the uh, is seeming to turn around, uh, uh, making some changes to his uh, uh, his overall performances. Um, not ne- uh, passing a little bit more and not necessarily chucking 20, 30 shots a game. Um, and uh, the injury uh, injury updates, particularly hitting the Knicks and what that means to uh, to the various uh, races that are happening currently in, in the league. So, Duke, uh, which topic would you like to start off with today? Uh, let's start with Trey Young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know that uh, I've been very critical of Trey Young. I, I think that he's a losing player. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, recently uh, the Atlanta Hawks have uh, t- made a turnaround, um, and it's also coincided with uh, Trey Young not necessarily taking as many shots. Now that said, the last couple games he's kind of turned it back up again. But there was a five-game period there where. Uh, he was sitting in around the 10 to 15 shots a game mark, and uh, the team seemed to have been flourishing, particularly De- DeJounte Murray. Uh, was, uh, saw a pickup, and I believe the, I believe the Hawks have won uh, seven of the last eight. Uh, so it's, uh, it's an important turnaround, uh, particularly as a team that I think all of us here had earmarked uh, for seeing a significant drop in the second half of the season. What do you think, Sandy? Yeah, I mean... I kind of had a feeling when the season started that Trey and DeJounte would figure it out, you know. Because um, they're both very talented, you know. Trey's obviously got his defensive lapses, um, but offensively, the guy's a bucket. He can basically score it well if he so chooses. Um, and DeJounte Murray is a good fit with pretty much anybody, if we're being honest, right? So, yeah. Um, you figure those two guys together, they'll figure it out with enough time. And it felt for a minute there like they had the sauce. And they're still, uh, like you said, seven of eight. Um, I mean, things are trending upward. They just got to keep it going. Now, Duke, I know you are a numbers guy. What have you uh, have you looked into it at all and saw anything interesting that you wanted to talk about? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's our guy. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I sure haven't. <laughs> uh, that's why you get Chaos paid agent that the Wario hat indicates. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ryan, uh, obviously, uh, you know, once again, you spend all of your times with Atlanteans, um, those that are from Atlantis. Uh, <laughs> Mermaids and mermen. Yeah. I'm, I'm certain that all they talk about is Trey Young and uh, what what the uh, what the Atlanta Hawks are going to do with him. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, ob- obviously, like if there's one thing that people consistently say about Atlanta, it's that it's a Hawks town, first, <laughs> second, third, and fifth. Um, Absolutely, no, they, they, they haven't won anything of any import recently in the state of nope. Georgia. Not a nope. single thing. No, nope, and no other no, sports. No, it's no. definitely basketball, basketball town, basketball, basketball capital of the world. Yeah. Some say. I've heard people refer to Phillips Arena as the mecca. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> that is widely what it's known as. Um, the Phil. <laughs> so, so I guess like most of the time when I hear Hawks fans talking about Trey Young, it feels like they are still processing. The fact that they ha- they drafted Luca—that was the thing that they did—and <laughs> then they tra- and then and now they have Trey Young. Yeah, which having is- spent zero point zero minutes with Luca, <laughs> and I like it yeah. feels to me like whatever they do with Trey is always going to come with like oh by the way it you could have been this other th- like. I don't. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I don't know enough Hawks fans. That's not a phrase I ever thought I would ever say. Uh, you're surrounded by them daily. Every branch of life should be surrounded by Hawks fans. <laughs> and honestly, this Luca thing, yeah. uh, as a Suns fan, yeah. uh, I kind of feel the same. <laughs> but like, is is that a thing that it, that feels like a comparison that is going to sort of at least the Trey Young Hawks? 
maybe not the Hawks afterwards, maybe not Trey yeah. if he goes somewhere else. But like that's just that's always going to sort of um, I color feel, whatever he's doing, right? I feel like uh, well, you're 100 percent right. Like I mean, everybody everybody who was drafted before Luca and everybody who was traded for Luca. I guess <laughs> what, uh, is going to be uh, is going to have that comparison. Um, I think that uh, when you look at Hawks fans on Twitter, though, like uh, the one thing you see is that they are super defensive about it. They're like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Luke is really great, uh, but you know, you know, Trey Young, he can shoot the basketball too. So Trey Young was mean to the next one time. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, they don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> It's like and lots of like, people have been mean to the Knicks, including several Knicks players. Like, have you ever seen his Trey Young's hair is fine. I don't know what everybody's talking about. <laughs> have you ever seen Trey Young's mean mug? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is what is at this point the realistic ceiling for Trey Young? Uh, I think that uh, I think that the realistic ceiling for Trey Young. I think everyone was hoping that he would be uh, Steph Curry, but. You know, he just doesn't have the uh, the physical um, the physical gifts defensively that right. Steph Curry does, right? Like, um, he's he's always going to be one of the worst defenders in the league. So the teams have to uh, have to adjust to that. Unlike Steph Curry, who is you know an average defender at the very least, right? right. So offensively profile, he could he could probably uh, be a little bit like Steph Curry. But another thing that he's not like uh, he doesn't like doing is being off the ball. He doesn't have that same kind of movement off of the ball. He's in he, which is what was kind of the drag with bringing in another point guard like Dejounte Murray in the season. That that was what we were seeing is that you know Trey was not really adjusting to it, and as a matter of fact, he was taking the ball more onto himself that way. Like I mean, ideally he'd be he'd be more uh, uh, more uh, uh, like model his game more towards uh, Steph Curry offensively, but mm-hmm. I got to be honest, like I like when I see uh, Trey Young, I think his uh, his ceiling is you know best player on an early playoff exit team is my, uh, is really, really, really where I see it. He got extremely lucky, uh, that one year when they went to the Eastern conference finals, uh, the New York Knicks were frauds, uh, that year. And, yep. and the Phil and the Philadelphia 76ers had a complete cultural meltdown, yep. um, that, uh, that really kind of gifted him an Eastern conference, uh, finals birth. Um, and you've seen ever since then, they're exactly what everyone thought they were before, uh, which is uh, barely making the playoffs or not making the playoffs at all. And uh, when they do make the playoffs, it's an early exit. So, I mean, that's that's what I think his ceiling is at this point in time, unless there's a dramatic change in his overall personality, uh, particularly on the offensive end. So you're saying that their uh, Eastern Conference Finals run with fool's gold? Absolutely, yeah. And now we've gone full circle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. You were going to say something it's, before. It's uh, a we- well. Just so it's. It, I think that's probably right. And I think you know the problem also with getting compared to Steph is like, cool. You're sh- you need to shoot like the best, far ever. far better from beyond yeah. the arc than you do. You can't have like nights where you're like, ah, oh, he went one of six. <laughs> he went two of nine from th- like these are things Steph just doesn't do. Yeah, like no, I- we've you know we we've. So it's in some ways it's like what a brutal comparison to have to make, but yeah. it's it's a weird in between place because I don't think anybody's like oh this was a bad draft pick or or Trey is a Trey is a bust or anything like that. 
I but think, it is sort of that in between place where it's yeah. sort of like, yeah, I don't know. I think like you, know, I think um, when I view the dra- like the draft situations, mm-hmm. um, uh, when it comes to any kind of draft picks, right? Like if you get at the top of if you get you're at the top of the draft and you come away with a perennial all star, it's hard yep. for me to say that it's a bust. Or a sure. Bad pick, sure. Right. Like it's like yeah, sure. You could have done better. It's like you know, you, you like if you're the Pelicans and you see what John Morant's doing. Well, you still have Zion, right? Like right. I mean, like <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's you know, the, the could it, it could have been worse. Teams that really should be kill, uh, kicking themselves in the pants over the Luka Doncic uh, uh, draft pick are the Kings, who pick mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley, uh, Bart Bagley the third, who is barely making roster minutes now in Detroit and it's probably going to be out of the league in one to two seasons. Right. Like right. that, like that's, that's the kind of person where like, what were you thinking, especially given all the, the con- contextual uh, relationships that, uh, that the, uh, that um, the front office staff had with Luca at that period of time too. Right. Like those ones, that, like where, where I can understand why people would be upset about, uh, about the trade. I, I think personally, like you had, you, like you're, you're drafting, 19 20 year olds you're never you're never going to get it 100 percent. but if you can walk away with an all-star i think you you, you got to count that as a win that's pr- that's that's too rational for me to accept i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, no, i reject no. that promise <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what he's good too okay yeah. he's also good two yeah. people can be good at playing the basketball no, also too rational i reject i reject all of this <laughs> uh duke did you have anything you want to contribute uh, I was just gonna say, I think uh, I think Trey could be a pretty good six man, you know. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> you know, on Golden bench. State. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, no, he's a he's, fire he's away. A, he's a gunner. Give him, give him the, uh, give yeah. him like 20, 25 minutes against the secondary uh, secondary team's defense. Like, Let him you know, Yeah, no, he he'd own it. Um, so uh, Sandy, uh, what's the next topic you want to discuss? Let's go with. Let's go with the Knicks. Let's go with these injuries. Yeah, uh, particularly uh, uh, Robinson's uh, injury uh, seems to uh, like I I don't know what you think, uh, Duke, on this topic, but I think it completely changes the uh, the the entire complexion of what the Knicks are going to be looking like uh, for the remainder of the season. It sounds like he's going to be out for at least a month, um, which is pretty much going to be half of the remaining schedule for them. Um, and uh, a team that seemed very promising and a roster that we seem to like is now got a giant hole in the middle of uh, in the middle of the court, and uh, all of their rim defense, uh, rim defense, and all of their their rebounding strength has seemingly disappeared with it. What are your thoughts, Duke? Well, I think they're going to be uh, pretty different defensively. Um, I mean, he brings so much down low. I mean, yeah, it's. It, I don't. I don't think we're going to see Randall pick up the slack anytime soon. So. No, I mean once again they lost again to the Raptors, which I think suggests everything that you need to know about how good they're going to be playing. That's never good. Um, <laughs> Jericho Sims uh, seems okay, but you know he's young, so. Yeah, and uh, you know he's he's a good. Uh, he he's a little bit better at going out to. Um, out to the perimeter, but when it comes to the interior paint defense, uh, it's significantly less than what you were seeing out of, uh, out of Robinson. And then, uh, and then as well, the, 
they're uh, greatly exposed on rebounding. The the Toronto Raptors previous uh, two instances that they're playing the uh, playing the Knicks were out rebounded by ten rebounds per game minimum, and then the the most recent game that they played, they dominated them on the glass. And the only difference is, you know, Robinson. So, it's Mitchell Robinson, right? That's the. Uh, I keep on wanting to call him Miles Robinson. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Miles Robinson? <laughs> I'm going to look. It is Mitchell. Either, maybe you've invented a soccer player? It is a soccer player. <laughs> is he? Who plays for Atlanta United. It's all about Atlanta all is the time. Is he from what Canada? Whoa. Um, Mo- no, he's from Massachusetts. Huh. Yeah, sorry. That's yeah. another thing, right? Canada of the no Northeast. One. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm Canadian, so that's uh, there might be occasional uh, biases towards that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, while we're talking about Atlanta, what's up with the what's up with naming all your teams after birds, Sandy? Like what? what like uh, Braves aren't birds. What's the going bulldogs on aren't birds. Which is weird. Which, which is weird. Why aren't the Braves named after birds? That uh, baseball's the, the one sport where everybody names their teams. The after Thrashers have their the mascot that was a bird, but I don't know exactly what the hell a Thrasher was. So. It doesn't matter. They're yeah, now. but but I mean, they were their mascot was a bird. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess Jets are kind of birds too. Um, Mechanical birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Big oily birds. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I guess now we, uh, we have to talk about the, uh, uh, the one thing that everybody likes to talk about when it comes to the NBA, uh, players I'm, resting and load. I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> okay. So can I ask, Wait. can I ask sort of a meta question here? Yeah, certainly. Why does this bother people so much? Cause this has been true for, I mean, you can go back to like what some of the like mid, mid peak pop teams where this yep. was a thing yeah it's like been, it's been about it's been a topic for about 10 10 to 10, 12 years 10, yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah. right and the like Beatles. a lot of things get thrown around like my favorite argument is like what if this is some kid's only chance to see so-and-so at this game and it's like they have television yeah, like this is not this is not you know the 1800s where the circus comes to town and it's your only chance to see a lion or something. Come on, also calm the, down. The concept that a poor child is going to see a basketball game at this right. point in time, where everything's right. like five hundred dollars a uh, five hundred dollars right. a seat, is completely lunacy. Right. right, It's like your boozy bitch child can figure it uh, figure out how to use the internet. <laughs> right, like like it's Oliver or some shit. <laughs> Please, sir. Nah, they're so, always orphans sitting courtside. <laughs> Sir, can I please see Steph Curry shoot a three? But, like, what... Oh, first Lord. of all, who does this bother the most, and I think, why does it bother them so much? I think uh, I think it bothers um, the media the most, like, and particularly the, the rights holders, right? Like, I mean... Okay. And they, they, they create, like, you know, the, the narrative comes from your ESPNs. It's coming from your TNTs, right? Like, I mean... Um, and it's, uh, and it gets popularized through, uh, uh, through the, uh, machine. What I'm trying to say is the media is poisoning our brains slowly. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, sure, you know, liberal, just, yep. liberal yep. media. Yep. Yeah. The yep. liberal media. You yep. know this, Ryan, you're part yep. of the media. Obviously, um, right. so <laughs> you understand the liberal agenda and all that crap. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the meetings. We talk about this stuff. You're right. <laughs> but no, like, uh, but, it, it, but like, uh, you know, 
if I'm a rights holder, I want to see like Steph Curry's got to be playing in my games, right? Because that's what's yeah. that's what's driving. And I think you can see uh, clearly uh, clearly defined when certain player matchups occur. Um, the ratings in the NBA go up, and it's you know unlike college football or you know the NFL where it's just like hey we can put a ball out there and it doesn't matter who's out there it's just sure. yeah, we're going to have people tune in. The M- NBA actually has to care about the ratings, right? So and what the the quality of product that they're putting out. That said, I think we've discussed previously like parodies at an all time high. The NBA has more and more talent. This next upcoming draft seems like it's going to have another five or six franchise players. The NBA, just out of sheer abundance of talent, should be looking at doing expansion because they have more than enough players to do uh, to do that. And if and what gives us a better opportunity to see these players shine than having uh, having these uh, having these superstars take a back seat occasionally? Um, you you look at. Jalen Brunson, you know, he's possibly going to be an all-star for the New York Knicks. If Luka Doncic didn't get hurt in the first part of the playoffs, he wouldn't have been a $30 million player on the Knicks. He'd probably still be play, uh, pay, playing backup to Luka um, in Dallas for, uh, for half, of his, uh, half of that wage, right? You know, if you look at, uh, you, you look at um, uh, Jordan Poole, if we didn't, if we didn't see load management taking such an effect on players like Thompson, you know, Jordan Poole wouldn't have been able to shine, and Jordan Poole wouldn't have been able to earn his big contract. But at the same time, we have household names being developed by these players sit, taking a back seat and, and and sitting, you know. And I think that the NBA has more than enough talent for that to happen. I I think people need to start actually trying to appreciate the actual basketball games themselves because if you get past the names you can see that the quality of play is higher sometimes even without these players in there like i mean we recently watched uh the golden state warriors kind of turn around their season while steph was injured for a month right like they they couldn't play a game they couldn't play a minute without steph on the floor and then all of a sudden you know, they were a positive team when Steph wasn't play, uh, playing there. Like, I mean, you're you're even seeing it with Kevin Durant being injured in the uh, with the Nets. You know, you're seeing uh, w- like these are injuries. But like, if we give like, what is the difference between the injuries and giving p- these players rest? Like, I think there's plenty of opportunity for quality basketball to be played. Um, I think I think even that's fair. These players. I think that's fair, and I think this is one of the differences between appreciating something at a national level and appreciating it at a local level. Like, at a national level, it is all the things you were talking about at first, where it's about big-name matchups and saying, like, I want to see... I want to see the guys who are going to be on the All-Star roster. I want to see those people play on the national broadcast games. But for the local broadcast and for local fans, like, (laughs) there are so many players that... At both as you sort of grow up as a fan, like yeah, you learn who the superstars are, but I feel like most people also really form a lot of attachments to the like, let's say the like fifth through eighth guys yeah. on the roster who you're like, oh, I really appreciate what these players do because, to your point as well, when they step up and have a big game in the playoffs in a big rivalry, whatever. 
that's awesome. Like that is awesome on a level that feels very different and kind of more special exactly. than, than it does when it's like, oh yeah, here's like this superhuman doing superhuman things. When it's like, oh, our backup three went crazy tonight. Like that's awesome. That's, that's a ton of fun. Uh, uh, yeah, especially especially when you picked him up in fantasy and everybody's like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> yes, right. I would also right. say that um, these guys who have those big games in the playoffs and their big moments, when you're resting guys throughout the season, uh, it helps for those guys to get more burn, more run against topper sure. or top-tier guys or mm-hmm. starters, per se, than uh, when those playoff moments arrive, they're more used to the moments in the stage. Um Sure, and 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 the staff is more comfortable with like understanding which how those rotations can work and which lineups can work together as a unit. And exactly, yeah. I mean, the other thing, and I don't, I don't want to. This may not be how you wanted to talk about this at all, and I apologize. I don't. The reason I don't have a lot of sympathy for the rights holder part of it is like there is another path. You could say, okay, it's important to us that the stars get as much exposure as possible. But we recognize that the season is so long within the window that we have that that's not compatible. So as a concession, we will go down to pick your number, however many games, so that we don't play as many back-to-back, so that road road stretches can be a little more uh, manageable, whatever. But, like, that's just not on the table. And it's like, look, man, you're going to have to choose. If the NFL... When the when the NFL expanded to an to an extra game, everybody kind of understands that if you are good, you are going to just sit all your starters. If you have a playoff spot locked up and you don't have anything to play for in that last week, like this is what the Giants did against the Eagles, a team that they should care about beating. But this is what they did in Week 18. They're just like, nope, yeah. we're not playing any of those guys. A because we don't want them to get hurt, but B like. What's the point in doing so? And well, nobody in the NFL away. cares about it because it's like we understand. They also took away one of the buys in the, in the playoffs as well, right? right. So, like, I mean, right. like, yeah, it's like uh, you can't make an argument that there's player safety in that in that in that situation. The other thing is as well with regards to the rights holders is this: we're getting into that part of the year where where this rest thing is going to become more of a topic because yeah. the NBA uh, the NBA backloads all of the big team schedules um, because uh, because they don't uh, because we have all the national televised games that yeah. happen after football, right? right? Um, right. So now that football is coming to a close, we're going to see a lot more national televised games, which means you're going to be seeing the Lakers on national television all the time again. You're going to see the you're going to see the Golden State Warriors on national television all the time again, um, and that obviously creates a bunch of uh, schedule issue uh, scheduling issues that are going to lead to back to backs. People are going to get uh, have to sit. People are yep. going to get injured. We're going to get that conversation about why are players getting so much more injured nowadays than they were yep. before. Um, you know, it's the, it, you know, it's the same, it, it's the same conversation like clockwork. I did want to address something though that you mentioned regarding, uh, the lesser games. So there have been d- a number of different solutions that have been bandied about, uh, with regards to the M- NBA schedule. And one is what Steve Kerr, uh, asked for, which is lowering it down to 72 games. I've also heard it, uh, get lowered down as much as, uh, 58 games where it kind of adopts like an, an EPL, European soccer schedule mm-hmm. where you play every 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 team twice once at home and once uh, once away and uh, a lot of people are uh, a lot of people argue that 
you're just going to see the rest happen with the lower schedules, right? Like, because the players, they don't actually want to play these games. They just want to take these games off and, and collect them, uh, collect the revenue. The other, uh, the other aspect as well is, uh, as well as with these lower schedules, the overall, uh, revenue share might therefore be lowered with less ticket sales, less advertising dollars, even if the TV rights deals continue to go up. So therefore, uh, salary, uh, salary sharing, um, with the players and such might also be impacted what are your thoughts ryan when it comes to those types of like arguments uh that are made whether they're in good or bad faith i mean well let's talk about like the players don't care about these games because you if you, you know now so many current and former nba players have podcasts and video series and whatever the, like they talk about jj reddick has talked about this how yeah. like it's hard to stay on for 82 games like you do hit stretches where you're just sort of like i just gotta get through this one and i'm just like yes we're hitting we're hitting the main stretch of that right now right before all-star break right right right. i think you and you're never going to completely do away with it but i think contracting the season eliminates to me it's about the middle period because like the Mm -hmm. beginning everybody is sort of like trying some people are sort of trying to like play themselves into form or shape or whatever yeah and teams are trying to figure out who they are and there's sort of like a sense of opportunity towards the end is where you get the sort of like all right we are positioning for you know uh seating spots or the play-in spots or whatever it is and there's the pressure there and the middle is where i think you get the slog to me it's like all right if you can if you eliminate as much of the middle as possible and you sort of still have an all-star break in there that sort of like represents a good midpoint where everybody can sort of reset. I think you can combat that to some extent, but no, you're probably never going to eliminate it. The the I, I think the harder question is sort of the the revenue one, but mm-hmm. that to me, I mean, that to me feels like again a trade-off that everybody has to decide they want to make. And to me, then it becomes okay. If that's true, is it the kind of thing where you say we are taking a step back in the game now with the hopes that 10 years from now we have made it even stronger, we have made it a better product for the entirety of the season and we aren't so reliant on Christmas, the playoffs themselves, the handful of, uh, of, you know, national matchups that we hope pan out because that's the other thing about the, the national schedule is, and you know, people talk about this all the time because of how they set it up. Yeah. It's sort of like, there's a lot of banking on like, okay, I hope these teams are good. If they're not, we got a lot of big broadcasts that people are not going to care about. It's like Zion's rookie season where he was out for pretty much the whole season, right? Yeah. Yeah. One uh, one thing as well to touch on what you were talking about is the value of uh, the value of the games increasing, right? Like, um, so with more, with less games, each game becomes more important. Yep. Um, another argument I heard is like if you look at the EPL, right? You're looking at two games a week right now. Uh, right now, if you look at the NBA, you're looking at anywhere between three to four games a week. Mm-hmm. Taking uh, taking away that uh, taking away those two additional games or one and a half additional games per week allows for more practice time which could also increase the overall quality of product because right now there is basically no practice time that happens during the season because there just isn't any time for it there's also like it gives you i think some more interesting from a broadcast standpoint flexibility 
like one of the things the NFL does, I think, really well, even though a lot of people hate it, is the four o'clock schedule on Sundays. Yeah. There is a smart way where they could just say, you know, we're sort of splitting the games up over the course of the Sunday and making sure that like there's an even spread. But there is some intentionality into like, no, we want to sort of make sure that the four o'clock spot has only a couple of options for people so we can really like give some focus to some different teams. And they can do that because they don't have so much inventory that there's just sort of like, we got to get through this. Baseball obviously has this problem to the extreme, but like, I think being able to move your programming around in some more uh, in some more experimental ways and not just doing the thing where you're like, well, shit, the rodeo's in town, and so we got to figure out what to do with the Spurs for these three weeks or what, you know, and eliminating a lot of that feels like it would help the NBA expand and experiment in some ways that are just not possible with the schedule the way it is now. I know, 100% agree. Duke, you had something you wanted to say? Well, I think that's it's a definitely a topic that's coming up uh, in the CBA negotiations. That's for sure. But um, one thing I haven't heard much uh, talk about is the playoffs. Like nobody's talking about dialing that back and the playoffs are such a grind. Playoffs. Um, well, I mean, it's, oh, what there the fuck he is. was that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, no, it, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we're, we're talking about reducing games and realistically they added two games uh, or four games I guess or mm-hmm. six games or I, I can't do math right now but the play on uh, the play-in tournament yeah. um, as well they're talking about in the CBA negotiations they want to add a mid-season tournament similar to like the FA Cup that you see uh, once again in European soccer because Adam Silver is really interested in taking everything he sees from European soccer except for the scheduling um, <laughs> So, so I guess what uh, I guess my thoughts uh, a few I have a few more a few thoughts on this as well. And, and as you as you heard me before, I'm I really do like uh, I do really want to celebrate the depth of talent in the NBA. And I think even if like even if they don't change the amount of games played, maybe if there was a like just a general understanding that these are games where you know there's a reason uh, maybe we expand the rosters right like uh similar to what you see in uh baseball similar to what you see in hockey you know and the nba has now created their own developmental uh, developmental league they have uh, most teams have an affiliation with a developmental team but unlike um mlb unlike uh nhl uh, you only have two players really that you can send b- to, uh, back and forth between your developmental team and your uh, and your your main team. Maybe you expand the lot rosters so that basically you have ownership over the developmental roster in general on that uh, on that team, and you know you have different rules and rele- rele- regulations about how many times you can call a player up or something like that. Just really kind of like build the depth and express express the depth of talent that the NBA has and then when it comes to these schedules when it comes to the midseason tournament and such there's just an understanding that listen you're not going to see a LeBron play a LeBron's got a 60 game cap in his contract or whatever and then you know fr- uh, from there on you know that there's going to be 20 uh, 22 games plus this midseason tournament that you're not necessarily going to be see or well you're not going to be seeing LeBron play in right like in kind of create more in, uh, honesty or integrity into that and and such. I think 
Because at the end of the day as well, when it comes to the playoffs and such, the depth of a team is going to be more uh, uh, very important as well. The Golden State Warriors lost a championship because they didn't have depth beyond the five players that they had. Um, in 2019, right? Like, if you don't, if, if uh, a teams a, a team's depth is just as important as it is their top end skill uh, when it comes to uh, being able to completely compete, particularly in uh, during the grind, which is the NBA uh, the NBA playoff schedule. Oh, I shared my thoughts already. I don't have anything new to add. <laughs> was it the was it the squawking like a bird? I thing? said playoffs. That, that was my limited fake Jim Mora. Was yes. that? Very, okay. very, very limited. Very fake. Yeah. We got one word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I touched you know, on got... uh, my thoughts on guys resting earlier. I mean, the... well, we know your thoughts. No, man. yeah, we'll we'll, we'll recap that no. shortly. Look, Don't worry. I mean, <laughs> just, just to clarify, when it comes to that sort of thing, I do not disagree with giving guys rest. The thing that I don't like is when you're a losing okay. team and you're doing it like. Well, then I mean you're just you're just falling further behind. It kind of defeats the purpose. Like if you're already contending, if you're like already safe in playoff contention, rest your guys. But if you're not in the playoffs, you bottom of the conference. Why are you sitting, guys? I guess that kind of it goes to what, uh, a little bit of what Ryan was saying, where if you reduce the amount of games, the importance of a game all of a sudden becomes a lot more meaningful. When you look at somebody who's losing, uh, you're like you're behind right now, but I mean, in in two to three weeks, you could be in fourth yeah. place, right? Like you look at the the Lakers; they've been sitting in the basement for the entire season. Now they're four games out of uh, four games out of home court advantage um, right now in the West. So. That's another reason why we have to reduce the schedule. We can't let the Lakers have that opportunity. No, we yeah, can't. No, we should have. We should have ended. We should have ended the schedule at at, at uh, fourteen games. Oh, another question I meant to ask uh, Ryan um, regarding uh, regarding the fact that you're you're a New York native in the sense that you transplanted and then fled <laughs> in the way most New York natives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're once again part of the New York diaspora. Um, the uh, is the NBA better when the Knicks are good? Um, I don't think the Knicks uh, look if it, if it's when the Knicks are good that suggests that the NBA has been bad for like most of the last 30 years and I don't think that's true. I just we just always um, hear we always hear uh, the liberal media constantly pushing this yes. agenda that the the NBA is just better when the Knicks are good. So I just I, wanted to hear it from a New Yorker. I will say this. I think the NBA is better when the Knicks are interesting. I think it is better when the Knicks are, like, doing something or trying something, even if it's nuts, even if it's clearly a failure. Especially if it's nuts. Well, I mean, that's yeah, all sure. that they're doing. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I do think I do think interesting Knicks is more important than good Knicks because, A, like, you just even the most starry-eyed Knicks fan is not like, oh, I'm relying on the team to be good. That's just not how it works under this ownership and under the God that we live under at this point in time. But That's a like, terrible God. <laughs> but, like, there are there, – there's a difference, I think, between, oh, the Knicks are a watchable mess and, like, the Knicks are just not even an interesting team out on the floor. So what you're saying is we need JD and the Straight Shot Band to uh, all, do a all the time do a ba- uh, do a rendition of Round Ball or Round Ball every national every like, every national that? anthem 
they need to do every sort of halftime show. A yes, I mean round like, ball I, uh, walk is what I meant to I say. I thought you were trying yes. to fix the Knicks, not make them unwatchable. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. That's Did fair. you guys ever hear that uh, hear that uh, thing? Like right before like uh, Katie and Kyrie were supposed to sign with the Knicks, there was like this article released about how James Dolan plays the acoustic guitar on on tri- uh, on trips with uh, forces all of the MB- uh, all of his uh, Knicks players to listen to it. I think that, that that like there was this article that was written and about how like how strange James Dolan was around the players. I'm pretty sure that a hundred percent was the reason why Kyrie and and uh, KD ended up in Brooklyn. Do you guys remember the story at all? How does anyone to... end up in New York if that's the, if that's true? <laughs> you you could get me to listen to a lot of James Dolan music for uh, the right amount of money. Is the answer? <laughs> I mean, I think it's more just which borough do they prefer to live at. They can live wherever they want. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Yeah, Shire, not All Staten right. Island. Don't recommend that. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're gonna move. Uh, we're gonna move over to our our MBAs, the messy bitch, uh, messy bitch award of the week. Uh, so our nominees this week are Shannon Sharp and the Grizzlies. Uh, also, the uh, Shannon Sharp fallout and uh, Dylan Brooks comments. Um, and Shaq praising uh, Ja Morant, Rui Hachimura asking, uh, uh, not asking out of uh, Washington, but making uh, pretty dramatic statements about wanting to be out of Washington, uh, and then uh, obviously his wishes coming true earlier today, which we can talk a little bit about. Um, so uh, Duke, uh, who, which uh, which uh, award nominee would you like to discuss first? Well, as per tradition, I have not heard the Shaq praising jaw story so let's start with that yeah so on tnt uh shack was really uh really talking about how john morant he's he's just testament of hard work who just came out of nowhere no one had heard of him uh prior to uh, prior to going into the draft he was just an unheralded uh, unheralded person who went virtually unscouted and undrafted um uh, Sandy, do you remember where uh, John Miranda ended up getting drafted? What position? Second overall, right? Second <laughs> overall. Yeah, no. Otherwise unknown. Mm. Yeah, never and, heard uh, of Sorry, uh, Shaq is uh, Shaq is uh, Shaq. He's a he's a commentator on only the NBA, right? Am I am I right about that? On the biggest uh, NBA show. <laughs> I uh, missed an opportunity there to say never heard of Yah. <laughs> you did. You did miss that Man. opportunity, but I'm glad that you uh, revisited your missed nice opportunities. <sighs> yeah. As always, Sandy, you're there or not there for us. More for the not, not. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't really that messy. It was just something stupid. I didn't yeah. know how to put it into the run. Uh, and I thought it was. It's hilarious. not messy at all. Uh, this week, <laughs> yeah. the Messy Bitch Award is a one-horse race, and that horse's <laughs> name is Shannon Sharp. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so to recap, to recap for everybody, Shannon Sharp decided he wanted to fight the Memphis Grizzlies until Stephen Adams showed up, and Not then he decided one. he wanted to fight the Maz- uh, Memphis Grizzlies' parents. Not that one. The um, other one. <laughs> oh, their daddy. <laughs> he was uh, he was very keen on letting Dylan Brooks know that he couldn't guard LeBron, even though LeBron had his worst shooting night. Uh, in, in of last like month <laughs> while playing Dylan Brooks, and uh, he uh, then uh, was escorted off of the floor like anybody who savagely runs the floor and tries to fight an entire team should be. Um, but because it's LA, 
he was uh, later brought back and uh, able to sit on his courtside seats. Have, uh, Duke, you have a comment? Oh, the 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 most hilarious part is Dylan Brooks. <laughs> this whole thing, calling him a, a pedestrian. So yeah. uh, the the photo of Shannon Sharp on on the floor looking incredulous. You know, it's already been memed to death and back. But I've I've, I've seen a meme. It's like uh, this is going to be the coldest album of all of the year. <laughs> It's the picture with the parental advisory, and I'm wondering, do do do, do, do any of you guys have any ideas what that album would be called? Like any any sweating it in sweater vests? Ah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. We're off to a good start. We're off to the race. <laughs> he ain't sweating. Like, what it. was he wearing? <laughs> uh, I I heard somebody else talking about this today. This is a cardigan he's a cardigan <laughs> that goes that goes for i think the quote i heard was it's a $3100 cardigan jeez oh, at retail but now other but places are what about are the so children Shannon Char. what about the children no, trying to watch Kyrie uh, Kyrie Irvin play every game what, what oh. why what if what if we what if load management keeps Shannon Sharp from wearing his $3100 <laughs> cardigan to see his favorite Shannon Shannon what if Dylan Char. yeah what if Dylan Brooks was resting that game huh that's right what did that's you think right. we would have lost at our opportunity to admire Shannon Sharp's uh, cardigan the hard uh, man in the cardigan <laughs> my my favorite part of this story is so Shannon Sharp went on his show and, and, and issued an uh, apology about and, in, he... <laughs> and in the apology he said it doesn't matter what Dylan Brooks said or how many times he said it and I'm just like well that's one way to make it not make it about that isn't it? Uh, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry for letting you bring the worst out of me I am so sorry that you did that gotta, to me. I gotta yeah. tell you, him and his co-host together has got to be the undisputed worst show on TV. Oh uh, man, and and usually Shannon has the advantage of being the comparatively sane one <laughs> and the comparatively like. I, listen, comparative is doing a lot. <laughs> a lot of, work of lifting. Here. It hit the gym. I understand that. I understand that. But that's like to me. That's half the reason why you do a show with Skip Bayless is so people can Ooh. be like, well, at least he's not Skip. So, former fool of the week there. Please respect his title. <laughs> no, he, uh, Skip Bayless was not a fool of the week. He was a Messy Betcher oh, He's both in my heart, bro. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, no, I, my favorite part about the, like you mentioned, uh, Duke, uh, with regards to Shannon Sharp was Dylan Brooks calling him a blogger and a, <laughs> a, blogger oh, and a pedestrian. Right, right. And yeah. as Ra- Ryan knows, there's nothing worse in this world to be known as uh, than a blogger. I'm a Hall of Fame. Uh, especially, <laughs> in 20, especially in 2023 to be called a blogger. Good Lord. But I love the fact that all of these Hall of Fame football players, like, you put some respect on his name. He is a Hall of Fame football player. It's like, no, he was a fucking clown that day. Like, I mean, like, all of his credentials are gone when he decided he wanted to go fight an entire basketball team in the middle of a well, basketball also, game. Also, who, like, if it's not a football game, you don't have, like, if somebody shows up and is like, excuse me, I am an Academy Award winning, it's like, <laughs> I don't care. We're not at the movies right now. We need, Shut up. Exactly. We need to cut. The, You're nothing but a blogger to me, we, buddy. We need to cut the cracker for one second. If someone calls you a blogger, what they're really doing is just calling you old. What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Any blogger? I mean, I am, I am, I am, I am blogger and old, so like <laughs> the math all fucking checks out here, unfortunately. 
But if to the extent that somebody is comparing Shannon Sharp to me, yeah, he should be offended. <laughs> I'd be mad too. Oh no. <laughs> What, like, but what, what was his end goal here? What was going to happen if Shannon Sharp got Headlines. his Headlines? Well, what Shannon Sharp, what Shannon Sharp was really hoping for was that people would actually tune into yeah. Undisputed yeah. on Monday. Oh, and I think yeah. he might have won That's what that we one. call okay. promotion. <laughs> okay. okay. And he did his it's job like, well. He yeah. saw, he saw the numbers that they did after he had his, his spit, uh, spat with Skip over the fact yeah, that Skip, yeah, yeah. uh. Skip decided to say those things, yeah. um, so so he's like, "Yeah, this is this is the next best step." So uh, LeBron, I gotta LeBron, uh, another another uh, a no- a potential nominee to make this messier. Uh, went uh, went out and he said, "I've got Shan's back, no matter what happens, whatever that's about." I guess he's okay with. Uh, I guess LeBron, king of kicking people out of out of the stands for saying things to uh, is, is saying things to players, is all of a sudden a fan of play, uh, uh, fans just running the court trying to fight people. I just oh see see I I read that as anti skip yes. Like, oh yeah, I was a hundred percent like it, like I have I have Shannon's back because he is the one who fights. Everybody Skip hates Skip Bayless. Katie is on record yes. and tweeted, "I just don't like you." To have. <laughs> so here's here's my question here, and it's an important question to ask. We've seen who would like Skip Bayless. No, oh, sorry, that wasn't your no. question. <laughs> and the answer is okay. nobody. We've seen Skip Bayless after a player almost dies, almost dies, uh, go on record yeah. and say, "But what about the game, you guys?" Uh, Shannon Sharp tried to fight a professional basketball team, except for Steven Adams. I'm just wondering how they're going to up the ante. Like, what's Skip going to have to do to top this? Is he going to streak the Super Bowl? I'm, I actually... Oh, God. What, what, what can he do? Actually, I, I actually hope that he does that. He's, uh, you know, like, we have to, we have to see well, if everything I, is as tight as, as, tight as his I, upper body. I don't have to say I, that. I, we definitely we don't have, have to, to say that. He's going to streak the Super Bowl with the exception of those shoes. He's going to be wearing them shoes. Um, he doesn't lose in those shoes. I, I think I'm afraid the answer is Dak Prescott hostage video at this point, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> Which is taking him. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> if you look at his Twitter after the Cowboys <laughs> lost the game, he posted just like a 30 second video of him tearing up. It's got to be the, the most pathetic, funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he doesn't it's say a word. A, it's such, just... a, such a strange dude. Such a strange I can't dude. stand that. Again, th- this is why you go on TV with him because you look awesome by comparison. It's a great strategy. So, Ryan, when we, uh, when we did gave him the messy bitch award uh, two weeks ago, <sighs> Um, there was a conversation uh, that came up, and I wonder. I want to know what your thoughts are. Do you think Skip is still a natural gender? <laughs> There's, oh boy. <laughs> he averaged one point four points a game when he played ball. All right, let me let me look something up here. Is this is all right. Skip Ellis is seventy one. <laughs> And yeah, his, well, the, the you, tricky uh, thing is, you could have told me like, there's Saban like a thirty still got year his range. Hair color. That's not natural either. <laughs> Come on, no, I don't think that Skip Bayless is natural. Oh no, <laughs> not color at least. I'll, I'll maybe buy it's his hair. It's not the natural. <laughs> color. No. I uh, mean, if he could choose somebody else's hair out, why would he would go with that? That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so, so the last uh, last option we have here for the messy bitch award is Rui Hachimura, who uh, who in an interview when asked if he had requested a trade uh, trade out of uh, Washington, he said no comment, which I mean means yes, um, and uh, then was asked. 
what uh, why he uh, what he wants uh, in his future, and he says he just wants somebody to love how he plays basketball. Uh, Rui Hachimura has been recently traded to the uh, to Los the Angeles LA Lakers, Lakers yeah. uh, for Kendrick Nunn, who they didn't love the way he played basketball, and three second round picks. All right. So, as is customary, even though I think we all know the answer, who are we voting for the messy bitch, uh, messy bitch award uh, for this week? I got Shannon Sharp. Duke. Same. Uh, I got Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my vote. <laughs> and Ryan. Um, I'm taking Stephen Adams because I still don't understand why he took his hair down to fight. We that's like that's like that. a crazy <laughs> move. That's a crazy move. You keep that's, your hair up. That's to what fight. we call an intimidator. Yeah, I, I guess so. I feel like he should have went after that. Like just flung his head into the air and just let his locks. Well, that's a <laughs> Maybe he plans to use the hair as a weapon. Yeah, that, that might. He's be. like Samson. The flowing locks. Once they've been unleashed, <laughs> that's where he gets Who the did, power. Yeah. Who did Stephen Adams pick up and carry away when uh, they were getting too rough with Jaw earlier this season? Does anybody remember? <laughs> he just like he was just like, oh, nope, you're just you're not settling down. Let me just pick you up and move you to another portion of the court. <laughs> uh, it, it was Tony Bradley. It looks like Tony Bradley. That is a big dude. Yeah, Stephen Adams is a bigger no dude. One, no wonder Shannon wanted to fight Jaw's dad. I'll take yeah. the older guy. The guy who- yeah, no, I got. Uh, he's got next, guys. He said it. He he's got next. Don't worry. I'll take the MySpace account. Ever. The qu- the quote he gave after it was, "I asked him to release my point guard, and he wasn't releasing my point guard. So I told him, I'm gonna have to take you away now, mate.' And then <laughs> off we went." <laughs> Stephen Adams is the greatest player on the planet. And I think he should went. go to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> hey, man! You never know. Everybody gets into the basketball Hall of Fame. Do you remember when? So I was I was gonna ask uh, how far outside of the top five Jimmy Butler is for y'all. <laughs> well, he's voting. he's not played enough games to be in consideration at this point. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing the Jimmy Butler. I'm just gonna miss games every now and then for reasons. It's load management. Yeah, yeah I got a load I mean, manage. Look, when your team is. Dear God. I prefer not. Look, I, that look, happened. This guy is so nonchalant about it too. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> this guy wants to. What is happening? I don't understand. Everything will be fine. This is not a basketball pod this, anymore. This, this guy Jimmy James Bootleg, he's a uh, he wants to load manage. You're listening to the Fool Court Press podcast. <laughs> I don't know that one was coming. Right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening to us self-indulge for a little bit. Welcome back to the Full Court Press Podcast. Um, so we're moving on to our next segment where we're just going to make a bunch of weird connections to college bas- uh, college football so that uh, our guest feels a little bit at home. <laughs> so, Thank you. So, Ryan, obviously I... Uh, I'm a I'm a huge uh, huge fan of your podcast. I actually don't watch college football at all. I, I find that college sports uh, and football in general is uh, is not really my cup of tea. Um, but uh, I do enjoy you guys' podcast. I think you guys are uh, you guys are great. I was wondering, is so so far in your career highlight uh, when you played the blue or when you were the blooming onion at the uh, Outback Bowl? 
I think that has to be the answer at this point, mostly because I put so much um, unnecessary time and effort into harassing a restaurant and to let me do with it. So, yeah, there's nothing else. There's certainly nothing else that I've pursued that doggedly. Let's put it that way. What was the most surprising aspect of uh, your Bloomin' Onion uh, appearance? It's heavy. The costume is, like, I mean, much heavier heavy. than I... Uh, yeah, I guess I just sort of when, thought, like, oh, it'll sort of be, like, a light foam, and it's not. It's not, I like, s- unbearable, but it's heavy. When I see a Bloomin' Onion at the Outback uh, Steakhouse, <laughs> I think that's heavy. That's, that's fair. That's, that's the fair. first sentence that comes that to my fair. mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm good. That's heavy. I, yeah. just, <laughs> I can't do that kind of lifting today. It's not a uh, snack. Not a cheat, though. <laughs> no. So, uh, so one of the things that uh, that happens, you know, semi frequently in the NBA is you see a lot of players that like go fr- from playing straight into coaching. You, like you saw it with Magic, you saw it with uh, you, you saw it with Bird. Uh, you, later, you saw it with somebody equally as spectacular in Derek Fisher um, and uh, Jason Kidd. And I was yep. wondering right now if you were to pick a senior graduate who's not going to get into the NFL. Who is just going to go right from this to uh, uh, to coaching at Appalachian State? Who is it, and why is it Bo Nix? Uh, oh, wow! What are you talking about? He's got like five more years there. of eligibility left. <laughs> um, it, it won't. So, so if I had to pick one who should, it should be Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett's already like twenty-seven years old. <laughs> yeah, and- like is basically yeah i mean like i i i think he i think he'd be a great coach so i think he should just sort of step in and and take the reins somewhere right away but who's gonna sell all those cars he can i mean listen you have a staff for a reason you can multitask (laughs) it's not a big deal um so uh does anybody here have a have anything they want to throw in before i go into the rivalry rivalries rivalries My God. I think that was a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed it. Just the absolute. Lufa has a rivalry with uh, the English language. <laughs> um, it's just my tongue, really. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, so, I'd like, um, in college football, uh, rivalries are all anybody ever talks about. Um, Florida has a rivalry with um, everybody in, in Florida. Um, you know, Georgia has a rivalry with all those other Georgian teams and, you know, all the things that you guys do in, in college football, you, yep. you, t- your, your titters and your tatters. Yep. Uh, so recently, uh, the NBA has declared this week rivalry week in the MV- NBA. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And now I want you to think like, what is like, when you think of NBA rivalry, what is the number one that comes to your mind? Um, of all time? Yeah. I guess it's probably Lakers Celtics. That, well, that- feels like... Yeah, good news. That one made that one made uh, made the list. Let's see. Uh, can you name a second rivalry? Um, yeah, of course. The Raptors and Golden State. That's uh, that is uh, on here as well. Um, can you can you think of another one off the top of your head? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, who did the hor- who did the Hornets get? Uh, the Hornets uh, didn't make the list. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I'm just I'm confused. Does anybody have any feelings towards the Timberwolves, even in Minnesota? Um, no apathy, maybe. No, no, no. <laughs> so wait, it, doesn't A Rod own them or something? So wait, uh, so the reason why they are a rivalry is Memphis and uh, Minnesota played a captivating series in the first round of the 2022 NBA playoffs. The Grizzlies rallied from a 26 
point and 13 point deficits to win game three and series clinching game six. So I guess because the Minnesota Timberwolves can't close games, it's a rivalry. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. What are, what are the basis uh, for rivalries in the, in uh, college football? LSU doesn't have any uh, rivalries, but like uh, for uh, Alabama and Auburn, what, outside of uh, poisoning trees, what is the root of the hatred there? Uh, most So almost all of it is a combination of uh, age, like – it's very hard to get a new rivalry going. UConn infamously tried to start one with UCF and made a trophy for it and everything, and UCF didn't even bother to take it <laughs> home. Um, so weird. I thought they would be proud of winning. I know, UConn. right? So a lot of it is like you have to be doing this for like, hey, we've, we've hated you for 100 years, and my great-grandfather hated you, and so I do too. Um, but I, most of it really comes down to like – feelings of perceived superiority in one way or another like a a lot of these are what we call big brother little brother situations so like in-state rivalries uh, alabama auburn auburn's little brother michigan state is little brother to michigan um and some of that is about academics some of that is about sort of like perceived historical success some of it is about just attitude whatever but it is supposed to be sort of like they are different from us in some meaningful way and that makes us proud that we are not like them so then i guess uh, can you tell me what you think is the difference between an la clippers fan and an la lakers fan because they are also on rivalry week i mean an la clippers fan is probably poorer i guess (laughs) is my best guess i honestly don't they don't iron their shirt before going out (laughs) yeah i mean uh, apples clippers i guess you can say maybe a clippers fan is what the bill simmons is a clippers fan so none of this means anything Bill simmons is a clippers fan he was for a while like there was there was that stretch um especially when um, (laughs) he's a season ticket holder yes that's right and he made a big deal of it when he he really did because when doc took the clippers job it was like a whole thing where where he was like jesus this guy again who i fucking hated in boston even when he won a title Now I got to deal with him here. And it was like a problem to the point where Doc had to like respond to it in press conferences and shit. <laughs> oh, Bill Simmons, way to make it about you, buddy. Yeah. 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 Because I was, was going to say like maybe Clippers fans are more low key, so, but that's so, not Bill so Simmons. So if he's so. a Clippers fan now and not a Celtics fan, does that mean he got those ghosts out of the attic? I think he's uh, also a Celtics fan. Yeah, you can't be yeah. both. I've listened to him talk. I, I listened to him talk recently on the Low Post podcast, not by choice. Um, and uh, and yeah, he definitely seems to have some Celtics leanings. <laughs> He's got a lot of other leanings. <laughs> leanings. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so yeah. I guess uh, the the fact that the Clippers have won over Bill Simmons that's a that's a a thing for them, I guess. Did you guys ever? Uh, did you guys ever see that video that went viral a little while ago of Clipper Daryl getting knocked out by security? I sure did. Oh, yeah. It was funny yeah. as yes. hell. Yeah, he can't take a punch worth shit. <laughs> I mean, he's a Clippers fan. They're not tough. Dropped like Shannon's beef with Stephen <laughs> Adams. That worked. Nailed it. <laughs> 
All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so is there, is there an end goal to rivalry week? Like, does it mean anything? Does it get anything? Or is it just like, we just slapped a label on this because we needed to come up with the end goal is uh, pissing me off because the Mavericks are going to play the Suns. Okay. Mission accomplished. Yeah, that's what they that's what they did it around. They they're like, we're gonna have this whole week, and the yeah. whole thing is gonna be contrived around the fact that the Suns are gonna play I'm the so Mavericks. Sick and gonna piss I'm so off. sick of them. Adam Silver, Adam Silver's gonna listen. <laughs> I'm to this. so sick. <laughs> yes, yes, guys, we did it. Go. Raises for everybody. Raises I, for everyone. I think that the uh, I think the NBA NBA like uh, just like when they look at their midseason tournament uh, options, they're like, these are things that work in other sports. Let's just take them and ignore the history and context and behind say, it and just say the and words, see like if we get the same incantation <laughs> <Sure>. yeah, exactly <laughs> these are our rivalries i mean we've recently talked about this uh, on the podcast and how there isn't really any nba rivalries at this period of time like i mean i personally hate philadelphia uh, 76ers and the boston celtics but that has actually more to do with my leaf fandom than it has to do with uh, my raptors fandom I mean, um yeah <laughs> This is and this is why like it's ridiculous that the NBA has divisions because it's like nobody gives a shit about no. divisions, not one yeah. bit, not one bit. Yeah, I've always preferred like, multiplication. We... <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, get used to that. That's 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 the perfect. Record. As our new biggest fan, uh, you're gonna hear that a lot. That kind of shit a lot when you're listening to our back catalog. <laughs> when you take all the time to listen to our last, uh, our, our original uh, it's seventeen episodes, you're gonna hear a lot of really crappy jokes coming from Sandy. That's fine. I'm in no oh wait, we're up to eighteen. <laughs> well, this is eighteen episode uh, eighteen. Congratulations. Yep. yep. We did no. it. We did it. We're, we're, legal. we're legally we're legal now. We're legally allowed to vote. Yep. Hmm. Um, we're choosing not to though. We're abstaining. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we move on into the, the Fool of the Week. Um, so as everybody knows who's been listening to the last four episodes, um, we, we, award, we award a Fool of the Week and we make them the, uh, the episode art. Um, this week's not, uh, the, the goal of being the Fool, awarded the Fool, is you're, as fools ourselves, we are looking for people for inspiration for our foolishness. Um, and our silly contrivances. Um, and uh, this week, Mark Cuban uh, took the cake when he wrote a cease and desist letter to a person who did uh, street art with a Luca holding a sign saying, I need help. And then when Tim McMahon uh, of ESPN tweeted out that Luca asked, asked uh, the front office to get more players and get more help, Mark Cuban then asked, uh, called Tim McMahon and asked him to retract the statement. And when he didn't, he then made him release a statement. Um, and I will read the statement that Tim McMahon was, for, uh, was asked to release by, uh, by Mark Cuban. Uh, please note that Tim McMahon released the statement via his own Twitter. Mark Cuban denies that Luka Doncic has indicated he wants the roster to be upgraded before the trade deadline. Cuban, quote, Tim McMahon got it dead wrong. Luka has uh, never suggested, asked, demanded, or discussed changes to the roster. Mark Cuban continued, Luka and Nico have a great relationship. They talk almost daily. Luca has known exactly uh, what we have uh, what we have going on and is very supportive. End quote. So, 
uh, Mark Cuban's being very sensitive overall. And, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, getting somebody to tweet out indirectly that they're wrong in a tw- in, from their own Twitter account is, uh, is a form of power slash foolishness that I think we should all admire. Does anybody here have, uh, have anything they'd like to add regarding Mark Cuban and, uh, and his award uh, as the uh, fool of the week? Uh, no, no, he well earned. Because, good God, you sound stupid, Mark. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to see people tilt it like so and so wants help is maybe the least, um, the least benign. like heat. Ju- yeah, yeah, it's the most benign thing you can say that a star <laughs> wants. It's like it's not that they want to trade, it's not that they want the coach fired, it's not that they, you know. Uh, uh, want to get out of town? Whatever. Just sort of like they would like the mm. roster to be good. All right, that's fine. This is not offensive. Why would you cause call more attention to it? Whatever. Well, I think I think in the NBA, um, given the motility of superstars in the NBA, I think that there's always a sensitivity when you have. Uh, a franchise defining superstar like yeah like a luca like we saw it previously with how milwaukee consistently threw hissy fits over stories about Giannis yeah. prior to Giannis right. resigning and everything like that once there's blood in the water everybody's like where's he going we're in like you have every fa- okay. every team and every fan base being like right we're we're going to be building our we're building our entire cap structure around being able to throw uh throw all of the money at this particular right. superstar when he becomes available because we've heard x y and z through the grapevine so 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 it's like if you can't report like oh luca's not happy with like what the team's having for lunch you have to be like actually he loves it it's yeah. his favorite food in the whole world and we love him very much and he's our most special boy okay. As a matter of fact, everybody's eating meatloaf today. That's right. In all of Dallas. American Airlines Center could become, be on fire. It has become a decree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so Amy, like, so I can appreciate why there's sensitivity to it, but obviously there's limitations to that. Like, I mean, like, like you said, it's a benign thing for him to ask, and I think everybody who looks at the team is asking for the exact same thing. So for somebody to be stating the obvious is, uh, I think... Uh, is a little bit uh, it, it, and being upset about stating the obvious. It's like saying, "Oh my God, the sky is blue," and then you know Mark Cuban giving you a phone call and making you tweet out that I'm an absolute idiot. The sky is clearly not blue. Um, is uh, it, it seems a bit of an overreaction and quite foolish, and that's why he is the fool of the week. So uh, we have uh, we have who did we end up voting? Was it Skip that we ended up voting for as uh, the messy Mitchell? Uh, Shannon Sharp. And, Shannon uh, Sharp. All right, and then uh, and Mark Cuban as the fool of the week. Uh, now uh, we want to go into a topic that everybody likes to talk to uh, talk about the trade deadline. Uh, obviously, we saw our first uh, first substantial trade. Um, no no uh, no offense to Noah Vonley. Um, with uh, regards to Rui Hachimura getting traded to uh, the the L.A. Lakers, Duke, did you have any thoughts about that trade and how it went down? Uh, they got what three second rounders for that, and uh, it's it's great when you can turn a ninth overall pick in a draft yeah. in a draft, mind you, that <laughs> produced unheralded draft picks such as Ja Morant. Um, yeah, you, you can you turn that ninth overall pick into three second rounders and uh, Kendrick Nunn. Well, well done, Wizards. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, overall, uh, it, the, out of the Wizards' camp, it sounds like they're uh, they're trying to uh, resign. Um, Kuzma. Resign Kuzma. with. Thank you very much, uh, Kuzma. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure exactly why Kuzma being re-signed is mutually exclusive from having Rui Hachimura still playing on their team. But um, you know, clearly Rui had made it known that he didn't want to be there anymore. Um, the fact that they only got three second rounders might seem a little low, but I mean, realistically, if you're if you're able to draft, we've seen we've seen second rounders turn into uh, Nikola Jokic and. Gary Trent Jr. So I mean, getting three shots at uh, or getting three Nikola Jokic's for Rui Hachimura seems like a pretty fair deal. Oh, yeah. Championship. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, that said, with uh, the trade deadline fast approaching, uh, February eighth, I believe. Uh, so we are just a, a little under two weeks away. Um, I wanted to see what you guys' thoughts are on uh, some of the rumors that we've been hearing and uh, who you think has to make a move uh, before the trade deadline. Sandy, uh, what are your uh, I think the Suns have to make a move, uh, clearly. And I think that move needs to involve one DeAndre Ayton and one Jay Crowder. It doesn't have to be the same move, but they both need to be moved. Uh, ASAP, please, God, today, right now, this very minute. So I guess uh, with uh, regards to DeAndre Ayton, you've uh, been trying to get rid of him since the moment you guys resigned him. Are you kind? Of, are you? No, that that's not even the, true. The offer? Look, I mean. When they resigned him, I was happy because I thought, you know what? He killed it. The playoff run they made to the finals. He was great in the finals. I thought that that guy would come back. And that guy doesn't exist anymore, apparently, in the Suns jersey. So, what's the point? Cut bait, be done with it. He doesn't want to be there. <laughs> move on. So, uh, are you looking for them to do the full rebuild now that no. they're uh, no. now that they're sitting, I think, eighth in draft when you, when, odds? Once again, they're like a single game out of the playoffs. So they're they're like a single game and a half out of uh, like six or fifth. Six <laughs> so I mean, they're they're still contenders. So blow it they've up. been they've been dealing with the most injuries of anybody in the league. When you have Devin Booker, they're also a game away. Hold on, they're also a game away from twelfth place. What's your point? Everybody in the West. The, the Nuggets are only ten no, games. It's, it's very. It's a thin. It's a thin line that. Listen, Mark Cuban, right don't be so sensitive. He's just reading to you the uh, reading to you the standings. I didn't ask him to yeah, read the standings. I hate the internet. I hate the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's a thin, a very thin line that you need to. I bet you go so. snort a thing. <laughs> Not you. Not you, but look. What is what is with you? Like <laughs> all I'm saying. Did load management not teach you anything? All I'm saying is get <laughs> your offhand comments are a little too much. Get them off the team. Get them out of town. Offhand. Send, send <laughs> any uh, other teams send one that you... of them to Toronto for Pascal Siakam, and send the other one to the Nets for Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, sounds it uh, sounds realistic. Hey, man. Any other teams that you're looking <laughs> uh, looking at to uh, looking uh, looking towards to see if they make a move, or do you think they need to make a move? Um, I'd like to see the Bulls. Um, maybe find a way to get DeMar DeRozan a little bit of help. Him and Levine, uh, I mean, they're still fighting. They're they're gritty. Um, and they've been playing teams pretty hard, but they don't really have any help. Um, I'd like to see them get so maybe, do, maybe move Vucevic. Move Vucevic? If they can, if they can yeah. yeah. Do you think that they I mean, obviously we were talking off uh, offline about 
uh, the center market and what centers are going to be asking for this uh, for this time next uh, uh, for next offseason in Plumlee and uh, and um, Pirtle. Uh, do you think that uh, Vucevic is actually going to be a value contract uh, to be traded for uh, coming into this offseason? Like he's, I think he's making twenty four million. Vucevic, isn't that what he was making? Let me double check here. Can't you just I say that I'm more. right? I thought it was more than that, but... You know what? You're probably right. Let's see here. Chicago starts with a C. It does? But it makes a shit sound. It clearly starts with an S. No, $22 million. $22 million. It's his final year, so he's an expiring contract as well. Gotcha. So he might he might actually have some trade value, to be honest, a come trade deadline. But, I mean, if they were going to be doing that, I think you'd be hearing rumors about it already, to be honest. Like, I can't imagine they're going to have a $22 million player move... Uh, within two and a half weeks without any initial conversations leaking out. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know what the Bulls can do, what kind of package they could put together to to get a good player in return that would help them actually compete. Yeah, I mean, so. like, they don't have any draft capital, right? They traded it no. for v- uh, Vucevic and DeRozan, right? So yeah. um, their, their ability to, uh, like, add, they have Colby White, but Colby White's, you know, he's on an expiring deal. He's He is a RFA, so they have the ability to match in the offseason, but he hasn't really panned out. Um, they have, uh, uh, they have um, uh, Patrick Williams. Williams. Uh, who's, uh, you know, he's a desirable player um, who's been contributing for them at least this season. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, are you going to be able to upgrade from him given the fact that you have no assets? Like, I, I don't I don't see what options that Chicago has other than, like, if they're going to be making moves, I think they're going to be having, having to subtract as opposed to add because I don't see what how they could do anything to add at this point in time. Um, Duke, do you think now that uh, Rui Hachimura is in Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles finally has their big three ready to make a run up the up the standings? Oh yeah, yep. Well, they already had their big three with uh, Thomas Bryant, Dennis Schroeder, yeah. and uh, LeBron. Yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. No, I mean uh, Rui uh, brings to them uh, the kind of shooting that they were hoping Kendrick Nunn would have brought. Um, luckily, they had three remaining uh, second round draft picks that they could just throw away to get somebody who could actually do what Kendrick Nunn was supposed to be doing. Um, realistically, he's uh, more mobile um, than uh, your average uh, small forward, and he has he has some decent size. He has never really panned out as a defensive player, but. You know, uh, in the right system, who knows what uh, what could happen there. Um, that said, I think if the LA Lakers are looking to make any real damage in the playoffs, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make a move um, at some point in time for something a little bit more significant than a role player coming off the bench. Yeah, you would you would yeah. think. Sure, would be nice to have a guy like Kyle Kuzma right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no doubt. Um, so, uh, so I guess the uh, uh, I guess uh, Duke. Was there any other teams that you uh, you've got pegged uh, that you'd like to see make a move uh, going into uh, going into the second half of the season? I'm I'm interested to see what Cleveland does. Um, yeah, especially well, I know uh, Mitchell's been out for a few days. I, I think he's back he's on Monday. Back. Uh, uh, yeah. back today. I, don't, I haven't checked the scores yet, but uh, I think. I think they play tomorrow, but I don't have yeah. it up in front of me. But 
I know they got uh, they got Dean Wade back too, which was their big wing defender. D Wade. Yeah, I mean, like maybe maybe Dean uh, Dean Wade can actually uh, fill in that number three spot that we yeah. highlighted before because because Isaac Okoro and uh, and Levert are not doing it. Obviously, there was yeah. the uh, Levert for Tim Hardaway Jr. trade that was uh, was mentioned before, but once again, I'm not exactly sure what they're getting out of that other than the ability to. Uh, sign somebody in the in the off season because uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. has an expiring contract, but realistically they're the same player for the same amount of money. So there's not really much much being added or changed in that point uh, that point of view. And um, you know right now they have a roster that could do a lot of damage um, if they just had somebody playing that fifth part of their starting lineup that wasn't a it wasn't a net negative either on the offensive or defensive end, right? So. Dean Wade could be a help there. They could really yeah, use a guy like Kyle Kuzma right now. <laughs> Rui Hachimura. Um, yeah, no. I, sorry, dude. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine, man. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do with guys like Okoro because he's actually played better as of late. Like the last couple weeks, he's he's had some games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's the type of person that you can convince somebody is uh, can convince yeah. somebody else he's going to be something that he's not going to yeah. be, and uh, hopefully upgrade <laughs> utilizing him as a piece there. Um, realistically, like you know, there's they don't need they don't need anybody like super good like there. Like I mean, even like a Jay Crowder. Like I'm surprised you haven't we haven't heard the, his name uh, linked to them given uh, given what's going on in Phoenix. Because realistically, I think that he would be uh, kind of like the perfect piece there. Uh, for them, kind of, uh, kind of like a Laurie Markin and Light. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I would like to see what the return for Jay Crowder is going to be because I don't know that it's going to be. It's not going to be high. Much. No one wants him. Is the problem right? Otherwise, yeah. he would have been moved. There's, there's not much of a market for him, but I think yeah. Cleveland would be a good fit if he's presumably in shape and in shape, in shape, and in shape and for the right price. I, I would never doubt that a guy who calls himself boss man and all caps would ever not be in shape. But did you just compare him to Laurie Markkinen except with a light? Did you call him Laurie Markkinen light? Jake Carter. I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, uh, Laurie Markkinen, when he played in Cleveland, played, uh, played a very similar role to, uh, for, to Jay Crowder, except for he shot better. Okay. I just because I was I was thinking about current Laurie Market at averaging twenty six a game and I'm thinking oh yeah no 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 I don't think I, I don't think Jay Crowder I mean Jay Crowder like, yeah, might I mean, get Jay you nine or ten yeah he's a little light on that that's yeah, for sure yeah yeah. Do you remember when Fultz is going to be back here at the Fultz Court Press Pod? We love that guy. So we're looking forward to seeing him play. Hopefully the full season. Hopefully nothing comes up outside of this stub toe. You know what I mean? Buddy, come on, man. You just the full <laughs> season. The full right season. There. It was right there. Jesus Christ. I, I just did Fultz Court Press. Like I'm not I know, but like, I mean if you already were going to do Fultz puns, man. Come on. Let's go all in. Like God damn it. <laughs> I can't edit it back in, just so you know. Like I can't no, make it no, tell no. This, this is, is funnier. This is funnier. Get a clean take. Just start it now. You're listening to the Fool Court Press podcast.
right, welcome back, everybody. Um, so uh, just as uh, just as I was complimenting uh, uh, complimenting Atlanta for Trey Young's new role, Trey Young had only seven, uh, 16 shots uh, today and lost to Chicago 111 to 100. So maybe I was completely wrong. Maybe they can never win with him. I had DeMar, though. Um, DeMar had... Uh, 26 points, one rebound, six assists, and three steals. Um, also, something to note: uh, Minnesota, uh, in their in their budding rivalry with Memphis, has decided to uh, start losing to the Houston Rockets. So I'm sure that rivalry game is going to be completely electric. Um, okay. hey, snap that 12 game losing streak, huh? <laughs> yeah, someone had to lose to them. I'm glad it wasn't yeah. the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> so, so now uh, we're going to go on to our favorite segment of the week, uh, Duke's movie review. Um, as those who've uh, tuned into Duke's movie review in the past, you will know that he uh, reviewed the first half of Paranorman. Uh, he then reviewed uh, the Wikipedia article for Paranorman, the tra- uh, half of the trailer for Paranorman, um, and then he uh, reviewed. Sonic 2, which he said was pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, he, he reviewed some racist Christmas movie, who he said it was pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, he reviewed uh, Paranormal Activity 2, which he said was, was pretty, pretty good. good. And he, uh, he, re- he reviewed Space Jam 2 because he just, he's a bit stuck on uh, sequels there. Uh, and he said that, that was, was awful. pretty bad. Really Did I miss bad. any of them? Um... I don't know. I don't no? remember. I like, I like right, every dude, time you do this segment, he gets the intro here. It's like, and last time on Duke's Movie Reviews, the it's whole... Very, it's very... It's important to the segment. We have yeah, lore a, that is established here. Yes. Yeah, listen, like I realize that you know, there could be a person who's tuning in for the very first time, and they decided to tune in to an hour and forty-five minutes into the podcast yeah, yeah, uh, sure. uh, to listen, and they need to know the. Backstory. This guy Duke, I want to hear what yeah. he has to say about Paranorman. Well, yeah, this time so. we'll put the timestamp in the uh, in the description <laughs> just right. for those people. All right, Duke. So, what do you have for us? What's your What are you reviewing? Did you finish the second half of Paranorman? Uh, well, actually, just earlier today, I watched the first hour of uh, Harry Potter <laughs> Two. Harry Potter, Potter not, Two, not, the, the, the Re- not the Chamber of not, Secrets, not not the first one, not not just Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. No, just the first hour of Harry Potter Two. The second, the first movie. hour no, of right. the second movie. Yes, that's correct. Ryan, you strike me as a Hufflepuff. Am I right about that? I I I don't know enough about these things to know if I should be insulted by. I want to huffle puff and blow Duke away. <laughs> oh my god! Why? Why uh, that? What do you mean? What are we? Well, so what are we watched, doing here? So you watched half of the half of the Chamber of Secrets? Did you no, find I out watched, what this? I watched. I watched the first hour. Oh, you watched the first hour. It's, hour. It's, so. it's a two-hour and forty-minute movie. I don't have that kind of time. So you got a third, a third of the way through. You know, it's good that you're doing movie reviews. You only can watch an hour, an hour a week. Um, what That's is that? It. <laughs> so, so, what were your thoughts? Did you find out the secret? Uh, TBD. Is okay. Yeah, I kind of fell asleep in part of it actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's, it's only like a twenty-year-old movie. Twenty. 
25, yeah. maybe. I don't know. How old is Harry yeah. Potter at this point? Who knows? Who the, well, like, what the hell are you doing right now? You're trying, like, is, hey, it can't be 25 years old. Can it be 25? I was definitely no. older than 10 when that thing came He's, uh, out. I don't know. 20, what 20, What are you trying to do right now? Are you trying to put me in a museum at this point in time? Harry, calm down, Grandpa. 2000. No. No, Grandpa's pissed. That's 21 years? 20, 21 years. 21 year old. 22 yeah. years. So... So, Sandy, you are loud wrong. I want you to slink away. Loud wrong? Three years is loud wrong? What? Like, what? 21 years minus 25 years is four Four years? Four years is loud wrong? What, is, what are you <laughs> arguing about? I guess we're arguing about math at we're this point. Now. I don't understand what the hell to do with this anymore. Where is, Why do you ruin everything, where Sandy? Where is Paranorman? <laughs> Get into okay, it. look. Are we going to have to start a Patreon? Are you going to like lock the second half of that movie behind the Patreon paywall? <laughs> I will not take anybody's any of these fine folks. All money. 12 of them. No one but will How, how no else will pay. people know if a 21-year-old movie is any good? Well, Paranorman's <laughs> only like a few years old. We're not Listen and listen and find out. Yeah, Paranorman <laughs> came out like 2 years ago maybe. <laughs> Thank, uh, thanks so much, Ryan, uh, Ryan, for joining us this week. And uh, thank everybody uh, for listening uh, to the Full Court Press podcast. Uh, once again, you guys can always leave us a voicemail at 724-FU-FOOLS. That's 724-383-6657. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter at, at FCourtPress and send topic suggestions to FCEP Rundown. Uh, Ryan, uh, obviously you do the the full uh, uh, the shutdown full cast uh, podcast. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to plug uh, or any information you'd like to share with anybody nope, who's listening? No, nope, nope. That's just go listen to that if you want to. And and I'm sorry if you do. That's on you at this point. <laughs> well, thank you again for uh, joining us. We really do appreciate you taking your time. Uh, I know sure. it's uh, I know we're uh, long winded, but I hope you had a little fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. And uh, th- uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us once again. Uh, and once again, if you can share uh, share this to your, with your least uh, uh, least uh, awkward relatives and your most awkward coworkers, that'd be great. Uh, and uh, everybody, say bye. Good night. Uh, Don't call me Sandy. Good night, Sandy. Don't call me that. <laughs> Peace out. So, uh, so normally we'd follow up this segment with uh, Baldi soccer seconds uh, to recap his Premier League, Premier League um, information. But Ryan, uh, w- since Baldi's not here and you've kind of like taken his role on, can you give us uh, your thoughts over what happened uh, in the Premier League uh, over this weekend? Yeah, one second. Yeah, it was great. It, it was great. All of it was great. It was great. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Time. All right. Nailed it. Well.